Hi, honey. <laughs> I was recording an intro, and now she is recording an intro. Bring stuff in. Just gonna keep trying to put that pop screen on. Uh. <laughs> uh. This might be a podcast hosted by Zinnia Kennelly Simpson. <laughs> I know, I know. Blue top screen. Put it on. Take it off. Put it on. Take it off. Uh. Yeah, licking it. Is that how it works? Good job, honey. What else do you have to say? Can you say mama? Can you say dada? No, that's mama again. Can you say can you say dada? Dada? <laughs> Can you say meow meow meow? <laughs> Can you say bow wow wow? Wow <laughs> wow. Those sound kind of the same, honey. Can you say Leela? Can you say no 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 no? Uh uh. Uh uh. Okay, no baby around this time. Uh, it is 6 a.m. on Monday morning. Before I start my quote-unquote teaching day, I feel like my voice sounds really low. But here we go. We're doing a mailbag real quick before this huge episode with Justin McElroy, podcaster of some note. First, I wanted to read a very nice review uh, we got on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, about a month ago, Kai Pfeiffer wrote a review called Far From Reprehensible. Uh, He said, really enjoy Greg's style. He spends time talking about the band with an ever-changing list of colorful and varied co-hosts. His style highlights his love of the music and real appreciation for the people he talks with. It's irreverent, but the tangents highlight his love and appreciation for the people that guest on the show. Regarding the comments other reviews have made on cover songs, I personally love that he looks for opportunities to feature other fans' covers. He has opinions, but they seem far from harsh. He seems pretty inclusive to me. Sensitive much, people? (laughs) Speaking as a longtime TMBG fan that has been a fan in isolation, I can't seem to find anyone else where I live that are fans, it's nice to have this conduit to share my love of the band. The podcast has made me think on and appreciate songs I hadn't given much time to study. 
what more can a fan ask for and geez there are other podcasts out there about this man too it is a truly great time to love tmbg uh that is for sure and on that note even in isolation i'm hoping here's what i'm hoping for a they might be giants ep or some album teaser preview tracks uh, I'd love if they teased some of the things they already recorded in the studio. Assuming they got everything tracked, they may have actually left with a bunch of instrumentals with no vocals. That's what I usually do. Wait for the vocals last, and now everyone's on quarantine. So we'll see, but I'd love to get some new TMBG this year, and who knows how long this fucking pandemic is going to last. So, on to the next thing. We got a very nice and thoughtful email from Seymour Schmidt. And Seymour says... Subject line, commentary on the She Was a Hotel Detective in the Future Commentary. Okay, so that was in part two. This was a couple of weeks ago. Part two of the Hotel Detective series where we covered Hotel Detective from the Future and Hotel Detective from the Future Commentary. So this is regarding that. He says, Greg had mentioned bringing up this one specific joke that Linnell made during a trans episode and I wanted to talk about it. The joke in question is the part where his character, David Remnikoff, says, You mean you're doing a girl's voice? I'm not sure if I brought that up during How Can I Sing... If we're talking about How Can I Sing Like a Girl? I don't know. Seymour remembers. I don't remember. Uh, that was too long ago. You mean you're doing a girl's voice? And his character, Anne Hathaway, says, No, no. <sighs> I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I just want to preface that I'm in no way attacking Linnell for making this joke, and I don't think he was intentionally trying to be mean, but this kind of joke can reinforce transphobic beliefs. Jokes like this are quite common, and I hear them all the time. What's wrong with this joke is Remnikoff not believing Hathaway that she is a woman and thinking that she's just a man doing a girl's voice. We are supposed to laugh at the idea that someone who says they are a woman is actually a man pretending to be one. There are so many jokes like this, and it continues the idea that specifically trans women are just men masquerading as women or are just men in women's clothing. Unfortunately, this is something that I think we've all grown up with because I've witnessed it in shows that I used to watch as a kid, and I've seen it in a bunch of older TV shows and movies. I could use the monkeys as an example since I know the giants like them, and I like them too, and they probably grew up watching that show since it's from their childhood. There are multiple episodes where the guys dress up as women in disguise, and it's always seen as a joke. It's worse that he emphasized that part by having Hathaway repeat that she is a girl. It would have been best for Linnell to just have excluded this joke from it. There's also this problem with men playing women in TV shows and movies in general, since it's usually taken as a joke in its entirety, but I think that's a discussion for another day. I absolutely love Linnell and the things he makes us, so I'm not saying this to be mean. I know a lot of people make these jokes without thinking about the consequences. Also, I know this commentary is from 2006, but transphobia existed then and will keep existing if we don't think about the jokes we make. Again, I'm in no way attacking Linnell for this. This is just meant to be a thoughtful criticism. I'm sure many cis people would like to know how to become better allies. Yes, I agree, and I'm always looking to become a better ally. That's why I uh, put together and release episodes called Miscellaneous Trans. And I'm actually in the process of organizing some folks together to do an episode about TMBG through the lens of the L, G, and B parts of LGBTQ. Uh, look forward to that. 
probably won't be out for like a month, but I uh, just had to tease that because I'm excited about it. Uh, the next exclusive coming up is actually They Might Be Emo. Recording that today, actually, with my wife making an appearance after a long time, Tara Trait and Elizabeth Siegel, to um, have a more silly episode where we all uh, profess our love for emo music and compare They Might Be Giant songs to emo bands and emo songs, because we all know, while musically they might not be considered emo, their lyrics are quite sad and dour uh, and pessimistic, while also being very simple and poppy. So, yeah. Uh, that was a long mailbag, I apologize, but those were two very, a very nice notes and a very thoughtful email, so, uh, thank you Kai and Seymour for getting in touch. You can send me emails at thismightbeapod, uh, at gmail. That's the best way to give me comments, not Twitter and stuff. I love chatting up on Twitter, but if you got something you want me to read, email. Uh, or even better, voicemail, 224-801-2930. Let's get on with this. Here's me and Justin uh, McElroy. West Virginia, almost heaven. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I tell you, these rural Indiana kids—they love, they love that goddamn song too. Where I teach <laughs> country is, uh, roads. It's massive everywhere. When we were in, we did our honeymoon in uh, England and Ireland, and it was like massive. It's, it's wild. Like European, like Germans love it. Like really? it's wild. Yeah, wow. it's, a, it's wild. It's like an international favorite we were like semi semi rock stars over there because it's like we're from west virginia like the west virginia where are you from west virginia oh they just start singing oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm not the first one to make that joke i knew i wouldn't be yeah but the the two towns i teach in uh i'm at two schools doing music the one is 2500 people so it really is oh country wow they have one stop sign wow yeah baby That's legit uh-huh legit country yeah. i mean our town's like fifty thousand people it's like just a regular boring town it's not particularly yeah uh, rural sadly yeah my wife and i grew up in chicago so when we moved to well she did her master's and phd at indiana university in bloomington super cool artsy fartsy town yeah you know one of the counties that goes blue every time you sure know, there's yeah, a vote. yeah yeah and then, uh, so now we're in Lafayette, which is a little more working class, still cool, cool town. You know, she, she's a professor at Purdue okay. University now. And so with Lafayette and West Lafayette, I think it's like 150,000 or something. Yeah, so that's it's legit. a, you know, it's a city. Yeah. Real place. <laughs> it's technically a city. It's a real, it's, it, it exists. Have you, uh, had a chance to listen to any of the other episodes or no? Uh, yeah, I got an idea of what we're, okay. what you're in for. Yeah. Okay. 
Because sometimes I'll have people on the first time and uh, I won't tell them that they have to score the song at the end. I just spring it on them because it's fun. So <laughs> people get nervous about that. But that's the kind of thing I've been doing my whole life, writing reviews and stuff. It's fun to rank and score things. Just It's not important, but it's fun. <laughs> you know, doesn't yeah, really, absolutely. It doesn't really matter. But I'm, I'm, I was a game critic for a decade. Like, I get it. I love to score stuff. Mm-hmm. Arbit- I love, especially art. <laughs> Ranking, uh, giving art right. a numerical value is fantastic. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's the best, you know, uh, just arguing with your friends about it for fun. Yeah. You know, yes. debate team. I mean, I did a whole Patreon episode. It ended up being split in half. It was so long where me and my friend were on the pro mink car side. And then we had two guys in England, actually, on the anti-mink car side. Oh. I didn't even know it was like not a beloved album because it's one of my favorites. So we did like, well, it started out like we were trying to do it. Like I was looking up, like I was never on the debate team in school, but looking up like the rules of like high school <laughs> debate team. So we were doing like we timed our answers at, at least like halfway through the album. And then it yeah. kind of devolved into madness, but it was uh, it was all yeah, good I fun. I have a lot of strong feelings about Factory Showroom. So oh, well, let's uh, get to it then. Perfect. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with a very special guest, a fellow podcaster, Justin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and many other things. And we are going to talk about the song Pet Name off of Factory Showroom. Here we go. Justin, hey man. Hi, how's it going? It, it's pretty good, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's been weird, I'm losing all track of what day it is. Sure, yeah. And apparently what time it is as well, like hitting you up an hour early, like, what's going on? You ditched me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all right. It, time is an illusion at this point. Flat circle. Time's <laughs> yeah. a flat circle, no big deal. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey was right. No, yeah, just ahead of his time, which is ironic because time's a flat circle, so he can't actually be ahead of his time. <laughs> he went all the way around the circle. Yeah, and came back. Believe it or not, yeah, podcaster extraordinaire here. Uh, you know, I'd love to pick your brain about how like to not have a job anymore that's not podcasting. No, I don't know. This is just, like my side hustle that consumes like all of my time now. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, this is the fourth episode I've recorded. Well, I recorded one episode of my other podcast, Best Midwestern, on Sunday, and then this is my third episode I'm recording of This Might Be a Podcast this week. So wow. another reason I'm losing track of my schedule, I need like a receptionist or something. Um, <laughs> seriously. Um, so tell yeah, tell the people a little bit about yourself if they don't already know who you are. Hey, I'm Justin McElroy. Uh, I am a podcaster. I host My Brother, My Brother, and Me with my brothers, appropriately enough, uh, Travis and Griffin. Um, we've been doing that for about, uh, actually, 10 years today. Holy we're cow. recording this. Yeah. Today? Uh, today, yeah. Or, or, eh, it's debatable. Today or tomorrow. It's argue- We argue about it. Uh, but yeah, 10 years. Uh, my wife and I do a, a medical history podcast called Sawbones. She's a physician. We do that. Um, my dad and my brothers and I do a actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast called The Adventure Zone that we yeah. turn into a graphic novel uh, series. Um, and let's see, that's the main things. We're, we're going to be in uh, Trolls World Tour. We did some cameo bits in that movie after begging to be in it for a year and a half. Um, that's, that's a big next project. Normally we do, uh, you know, 
live shows and stuff. Not so much right now. A little bit of a pause button on that. Yeah. But that's the, that's the, and I've been, uh, they might be Giants fan for the better part of the past 20, 20 years, 25 years. Well, in there. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the details there. How did okay. you get, how did you get into them? How old were you? What did you first hear? All of that jazz. Okay, so here's the here's the the I actually have a very clear like I know exactly how there's very few things in my life right where you can think back to your teenage years and you know exactly how that happened. Uh-huh. I know exactly how this happened. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was on a road trip with some uh, my dad and a friend of his, uh, and we were on a road trip to uh, Chicago Comic Con, mm. and in the when we were in the car, he put on his friend Mark put on this uh, cassette of Moxie Fruvis, uh, which, which, and I, it was uh, a, a cassette tape. I think it was Video Bargainville was the name of it. But we listened hmm. to it constantly, uh, a band that has since, uh, uh, because of the actions of one of its members, <laughs> fallen quite out of favor. But I do not uh, know anything about this. <laughs> I, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, give it a good well, one. Well, um, but up. anyway, I was, uh, I was enjoying it uh, very much. And uh, my friend, or my dad's friend said, you know, if you like this, you should check out They Might Be Giants. And I said, I don't know about They Might Be Giants. And I, this will date me, but um, I <laughs> ordered uh, Blood and... Uh, Lincoln and the Pink Album and Hootie and the Blowfish from Columbia House <laughs> Records. I did one of the like pay a penny yeah. and get four CDs, right? Oh, yeah. I did. So that. it was those three and Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, <laughs> that album. Uh, and I, I ordered the three of those and that is, that is, uh, how it got, how it got started. Nice. Yeah. 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 Wow. I'm, yeah. Man, I ordered. God, I have so many of those, and the, like the back of them is different. Like it says, I think I can't believe if I did. My, I might have done BMG. Was that the other one? Columbia House and BMG. I, I think know, BMG similar, was totally one. Yeah, for sure. Similar deal. Yeah, it was like Weezer, Blue Elms, Stone Temple Pilots elms, those kind of things. So if that you same missed era. that phenomenon, it was the thing where they would hook you in with a bunch of free CDs for a penny, and you just had to buy six more, and they were all thirty dollars. <laughs> For a CD, and eventually I got out of it because my mom called him and said he is an under. Yeah, <laughs> you should. He is a teenager. How He's dare 15 you? Years old. You should how never have let him. Dare you? Uh, but yeah, that's how how I got got into him. Uh, and I've been listening for uh, like I said, twenty five years, pretty much like consistently. Never um, had a lull. Never had a lull. Those. Huh. I, I mean. Went to a, a lot of, uh, okay, I, I shouldn't say a lot, maybe four or five live shows, just because they never, obviously, I live in West Virginia, they're never, uh, they actually one time was in, were in Charleston, West Virginia, in a mountain stage show with them and Regina Spector Ooh. and uh, Katie Lang, of, of all people. It wow. was quite a, yeah, it was a, a very varied, and Kaki King was in that same show, it was wild. Really? But, uh, so I've seen him a few times, I saw him in uh, the 930 Club in DC and I've seen him in Cincinnati a few times and like outdoor shows, um, uh, in Cincinnati, I believe, but no, that's, it's, I got, uh, a tattoo, uh, on my arm. Yeah. Of the, the band, uh, uh, one of my favorite like logos. It's the one with, I don't know how you, it's like where the T M B G is like circle. all overlaid in the circle with like a gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember when you were, when we were conversing over the, Twitter DMs at first and yeah because you I 
I don't know how you first got wind of the podcast, but you contacted me, and I mm-hmm. was not—I wasn't hip to the jive then. And I'm like, "Oh, this guy's got a lot of followers. Who is this guy?" And and then people were hitting me up like, "Oh my god, Justin, what's up here?" I'm like, "Well, okay, all right, that's cool. All right, so let's chat." And then yeah, and then just like I'm like, "This this dude's legit. He's a fan, legit fan." And you know, let's he, do yeah, it. I ha- I have this is my this is my most embarrassing. I went on um I performed on so you know Jonathan Colton, right? He's kind of adjacent. They yeah. might be giant adjacent, I would say. Mm-hmm. He does this um comedy and music cruise every year. And the Joko Cruise. The Joko Cruise. And I was on there uh last year with John Flansburg on the boat yeah. for the entire week in an enclosed space. And the guy who runs the cruise is a friend. He's our tour manager. And he's like, I'm going to force you to talk to John Flansburg. <laughs> like, you please, I'll do anything. Please. Yeah. I can't. I mean, I can't. Like, that's one, like, I just can't. <laughs> right. I can't. And it's not even like, and it's like, I love this band uh, more than uh, uh, any other band. It's fair band on the planet. Love this band. Yeah. I just had a feeling that it would be very awkward as uh, you, you know, yeah, as yeah. Cool, you know what I mean? Like I just knew I would be, uh, and, and it would be weird, but eventually drank a bunch of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> you drank a bunch of alcohol on a cruise. <laughs> Show, yeah. Showed him my tattoo. We got a picture together. He was very nice. Uh, uh, um, and, and it was, it was a great, it was a great time, but, um, and, and he was very, very pleasant. Um, I'm sure on a cruise of, you know, music and comedy nerds, he probably had gotten accosted more than a few times sure. that week. So I tried to keep sure. it brief, but yeah. yeah. Is there backstage at a, on a cruise? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you guys do like a live uh, episode of taping or anything like that? Were you, pre- yeah, we did. We recorded nice. a couple of live shows. Uh, it's so cruisy. You got to do, there's like, uh, the theater isn't big enough for everybody on the boat. So you got to do like a, an early show and a late show. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Comedy style, we'll be yeah. back again. We told everybody, it's like, this is the exact same jokes. You don't have to come back. Yeah. We're just gonna, yeah. <laughs> No, we don't have Sadly. room for you. Let the great. other people in. Let the other people in. I'd love to have stuff scripted. That'd be so much easier. <laughs> Make up all the jokes every time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that, so, yeah, I started listening to your show right after people were like, dude, you got it. This is like my favorite show. And so then I started listening, and immediately I was like, the premise is ridiculous like yahoo answers i'm like that still exists and (laughs) and but just like the just like you guys riffing on that stuff it's like the perfect thing to riff off of because just the ridiculousness of it it's just yeah it's just crazy it's it's wild out there it's wild yeah so i went looking over there um recently and like "Hmm, i wonder if there's anything that could possibly be relevant like so i'm looking in the relationship thing i'm sending you a link in the chat there okay and i'm like hey this thing is like it's this kind of about a pet name and that's the song we're gonna talk about so check check (laughs) this out this is anonymous asked in family and relationships singles and dating just 24 hours ago my girlfriend has started calling me milady she thinks it's cute, but I find it annoying. How do I ask her to stop without hurting her feelings? And got three answers like immediately. <laughs> so it's, it's, how do you get out of that one? Milady? You know, it's so hard. You have to be honest about this stuff. I think people may mess up by not being honest about this stuff the very first time it happens. Right. You cannot process things. You just have to say, because if you, 
if you the longer you wait, and this is for like literally anything, the longer you <laughs> wait, the worse it's going to be when you inevitably crack, and you will crack. Yeah, everybody cracks. Well, look at this first. Look at this first answer here. It says, "How can I ask her to stop?" It says, "You don't. You simply wait until it dies out." (laughs) Fair. And and then this person was on the other side of it. I remember when my boyfriend said something annoyed him. What I said, so I guess they said something that annoyed their boyfriend. Boyfriend asked them to stop, and they were upset about it, being asked to stop. (laughs) Okay, so that's clearly a very healthy relationship. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the mama wisdom there. What does level seven mean? Le- is uh, that what I think you've answered a lot. I think. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I I normally make my little brother look at this this godforsaken <laughs> website. Yeah. Mama wisdom says you can't guarantee anything you say won't hurt her feelings. All you can do is sure. tell her how you feel when she calls you that. If she cares about you, she'll stop. Good. Very true. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then <laughs> then the next one, L M P or I M P level four says say. You will stop calling me that. <laughs> That's good. That'll be very good. You will stop calling me right, that. Right, not it's will very you. Yeah, you will stop calling me you that. You will. But, m'lady, that's, <laughs> that's a bad one. I mean, if there's like a sarcasm, like a sarcat, I mean, it depends what the tone is, right? If you're like doing like that, I don't know, where did that first original, like the, the, the basement dwelling Redditor dude who's just like, m'lady, <laughs> right? Tip of the... Right, tip of the fedora. Tip of the yeah. fedora, exactly. That would be, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe it's different with girlfriend, girlfriend. I don't, milady, milady. It seems like yeah, it could be either like if it's Rough. sincere, be like, Ugh. it's yeah. I guess it's kind of nice, but either way, if it skeezes you out, but there's nothing to be done. I mean, you didn't <laughs> say about it the first time. You have to live with it. So you, it's too it late. Can't. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Better luck next time. Too late. Uh, so the song Pet Name, you said uh, before we were rolling here that you have some strong feelings about Factory Showroom as an album. What yes. does that mean? I. It's not bad or good. It's just like <laughs> fa- fa- Factory Showroom is... Okay, so to contextualize it, Factory Showroom is the album that came out, was the, was the first album that came out after I became a fan, right? Okay. So uh-huh. to me... Factory showroom was like, here's where the band is at right now. And I still think, I mean, like, all their albums are weird. I mean, because it's They Might Be Giants, right? So they mm-hmm. make abstract pop music, right? So, okay, all the albums are weird. But I feel like Factory Showroom is, conte- like, within the context of what they do, like, very weird. Because it, hmm. it feels like an album that... And I mean, if you think about where they were at at this point, right? Like, I, I it, it was sort of the apex of what you would think. I think is their like mainstream popularity. It comes in waves, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like you have like the Malcolm in the Middle wave, the Tiny Tunes wave, like where like the, uh, the the awareness pops up. But like, this feels like an album that is like a play at mainstream. Um, in structure, this album feels like a play for like more finding more mainstream audience. Yeah. And yet it is has some of the weirdest, most <laughs> off putting stuff off-putting? possible. Yeah. What, yeah what's off putting like, for you on this album? Um, I mean I can make a guess, but I mean and it's not to say I don't like any of these, but like Token Back to Brooklyn, it, the hidden track is yeah. like very weird. Um Exquisite Dead Guy oh, is yeah. uh uh very strange. How can I sing like a girl is just like one of those songs that defies like as you're trying to like contact like what 
Okay, I can't even like get into this a little bit. Um, <laughs> but then it has these like, oh, I can hear you recorded at the Edison Laboratory. Uh-huh. Yeah, this one was just recorded on a Victrola. Like such a weird. And then you have these songs like SEXXY, which I remember yeah. my parents found that single when I bought it. And uh-huh. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. I'm like, no, it's like you. It, there's nothing sexual about this song. <laughs> like it is the least is one of the, but like SEXXY and, and uh, uh, pet name, I would like sort of tie those together a little bit. Like yeah. I, th- I, cause I feel like it's that um, I, I, I'm not a music person. So forgive me for not speaking eloquently about it, but oh, like that's fine. trying to fold in more groove. Sure. Whereas like, I think it's typically been a pretty groove a verse band to this point. Yeah. And I feel like factory showroom is one of the first ones where, um, and, and not in a bad way, but I feel like it's one of the first ones where you can really start to feel Linnell and Flansburg expressing there's what they enjoy, like independent of the other, mm-hmm. of the other one, the like you know what I mean? without necessarily band. trying to, it's also got a cover on it. Weird, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, for the MIB yeah, guys, record, yeah. like weird. Yeah, I mean, Istanbul's the cover. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a. F- they, I'm not they saying it's like obscure stuff. Uh, for, have you heard the original of New York City? Because because Cub is a good band. Yeah, it's good. I I feel like they. I've always felt like they could have made a slightly bigger deal about the fact that that was a cover because I assumed for years that that was one of their tunes. I think it's because playing off the success of Istanbul, they're like, well, people didn't get that one. How about The Sun is a Massive Incandescent Gas? Okay, people didn't realize that, that was a cover either. Let's just keep yeah. sneaking them in. How about Yeah, how about yeah, yeah? let's do that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, they've done some famous covers live. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for an album, I think, I I feel like Flansburg is like the record crate digger. I feel like he's the one picking the covers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and talking about the the funky thing, the groove bass thing, on John Henry before this, Snail Shell, you know, Linnell gets a little bit funky on that one. Yeah, for sure. There's like a, it's like a much more, um, that I, I I tend to think about like that like stomp box like this like weird <laughs> like bringing in like a much harder guitar, guitar than they normally they normally have. Um, mm-hmm. This is also how I was reading the first song, the album they ever did with a, an uh, additional guitarist. Um, the yeah. first one they ever did with a second guitarist. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is I don't know what that what 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 we could extrapolate from that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So Flansburg wasn't having to cover all the bases with the uh, with the guitar sure. playing. Um, I don't, do you think the 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 grooves coming in more to play is that they're they're settling into like having a live drummer? You know, Brian Doherty sure. on his second album. They're like, okay, let's let the drummer have a little, you know, room, and then you know that the like pet name might be something that like a drummer would just like, oh hey, I got this cool groove. Well, like if you're programming a drum machine, that kind of beat might not come out of it naturally. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I I think that's definitely, I think that John Henry was the first one to go really hard that way, and 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 I feel like you definitely feel on that one. That oh, feels yeah. more like a rock record, I think, than any like uh, uh, of the studio albums they've done. Um, it's one of their darker records. I feel even the cover yeah, art, the cover art for sure. Yeah, it's like very. That's another one that feels very of a time. That's like super nineteen ninety four. It's also their um, only album cover. Wait, am I right? I was talking about this last time with my wife. Their only album cover that I mean, Flood technically has a picture on it. But it's like a found picture. It yeah. is right. The only album that has like a pic, like they had a photo shoot for that cover. Yeah. 
It's yeah, their I only mean, one, cover, right? It's usually as artwork. As far as I can think. It's usually art or like manipulated photos. I mean, I guess the else. I guess that's not true. The else has the weird like bird guys with the suitcase. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a man. But yeah, that John Henry cover is just one. like I mean, with the you know kids there, a kid with a fucking you know ice pick. A girl with an ice pick. It doesn't pick. feel very them, does it? And it feels a little literal. Logo. Yeah. It feels a little literal for the Might Be Giants thing, aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess she's holding a tool. Like, the John Henry thing, I think it was supposed to be, like, you know, the man against machine thing. Like, they finally sure. ditched the machine, right? They got they got, they got, got men behind them instead of the drum machine. I don't know. That's I don't know how if the Johns have ever been like, yeah, that's why we called it that. But I think that's... Seems to be a common interpretation. Feels on the nose. I could buy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to Factory Showroom. Um, Pet Name is a song that they played a lot when it first came out. It's had 144 known performances. And then I went and looked at the dates, and they did it, you know, a shitload when the album came out, 96, 97. And then they took a little break from it between 99 and, let's see. Let's see. No, they are kind of playing it straight through till like, 2000. Then they went all the way from January 31st, 2009, all the way until the Australia tour in 2019. They went a full wow. decade without playing it. And then they're playing it on this flood tour in the U.S., too. So it's the first time they played it in the U.S. in 11, 11 years. Wow, that is wild. Yeah, right. That is wild. Yeah, what I mean, it seems to be a popular song just based on even when I go looking for covers. Like if I have to dig for it, it makes yeah. sense. It's like, oh, one known performance or whatever. You know? I mean, I just did Weep Day with Open Mike Eagle and that one is like super obscure and that I was surprised that it had three covers. Yeah. Um but then pet names it's, just like boom, like tons of covers. Why would they go a decade without playing it? It seems like I've had it. Like I've had it. it stuck in my head since we decided to do this episode and yeah. started talking about it. And like, it's very singable. Like, like it's a very like, not a lot of like, and and it's a very flexible melody. Like, I think you hear that on. Uh, I was listening to the uh, not to skip ahead, but I was listening to the uh, Long Winters <laughs> cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recently, and like he takes the melody in a lot of different directions, and it's like very—I don't know—it seems very pliable. Take some liberties uh, with uh, it, yeah, that are yeah, really cool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got. Um, so in this song, the lineup: uh, Flansburg on lead, obviously, Linnell on piano, obviously the piano and the organ, and then Graham maybe on bass, Brian Doherty on drums, who I've had on the podcast talking about the bells are ringing, um, and then Eric Schirmerhorn is the. Um, the lead guitarist on this one. And he's worked with Iggy Pop. I mean, he's done... He toured with David Bowie. Like, this dude has some some credentials. You know? Wow. He would be a cool guy to talk to. And then the congas, the extra percussion... Let's see. Are you looking at the wiki? Because I can't pronounce this name. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Sue Hadjop... Hadjop... It's simply Greek. <laughs> Hadjop... Hedgeopolis? Hedgeopolis. I don't know. The percussionist on SEXXY and Pet Name. Um, I've also hypothesized that Factory Showroom is where they were trying to spend all of Electra's money before they left. Because yes, strings, yes. strings, horns. You know, like Linnell's always played sax and clarinet all over stuff. But there's, you know, brass. And a, yeah, the string arrangements are all over this album. Extra percussion, stuff that would take time in the studio. Yeah. 
and that definitely adds to that groove. Those extra the the congas get like a little feature kind of in the bridge. I love that shit. Uh, yeah, it it's uh again, I'm I'm not a, a big music guy, but the music parts are good and they seem to be played very well. It's you know, Factory Showroom is is a tight tight album. Not that they've ever been sloppy, but it's like it is like you said, like more groove based and maybe a a, a push to get. Yeah, well, they got that Electra money to push for, you know, some hit, more hit singles yeah. and stuff, which they really didn't. I mean, there's a lot of great songs on here, but their next big one was Dr. Worm, and they left Electra, and that was just, like, tagged on to, you know, severe tire damage. Yeah, um, which, and that apparently they, I was reading um, that, that this was part, and I don't, I don't think this was some, like, quoted, I think it might be more speculative, but, like, they felt like this was not marketed well uh, mm-hmm. by, uh, by Electra, which is part of the reason they, they left um uh things were souring Electra. yeah 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 um it had uh, like uh SCXY, which was the single which i think is a weird single yes honestly like that is one of my that is not a favorite no song of mine uh, uh i think it's a very weird pick for a single um i think there's many better uh choices on here i mean not to monday morning quarterback right but, i don't know if you're a weezer fan but to me it's like weezer putting beverly hills at the front of the album make believe it's like you're trying to like turn off your regular fans by doing just something totally i mean they always do all these genre experiments but it's for some reason it just doesn't seem to fit their vibe i don't know yeah i I feel like any i mean any number of like i feel like metal detector new york city spiraling shape Mm -hmm. uh bells are ringing Mm. all those are fucking great like would have been fantastic uh would have been fantastic polls for for singles honestly (laughs) this is not their choice they're not like here's the one we're going to put out in the world this is right yeah electra saw saw heat on sexx i guess but if i don't know if you've ever ranked songs on the wiki you know you can score them on there and then there's a song ranking there's 910 entries on the wiki which they have a lot of songs that's kind of, you know, beefed up a little bit through songs that have multiple or have a demo. You can rank demos and stuff. Right. But they have a lot of songs. But out of 910 entries, SEXXY comes in at 768. <laughs> so people don't, that's people down don't there. like it. They don't like it. Uh, let's see where there. Pet Name's at. Pet Name. 310 out of 910. So it's it's in the like upper it's half. High, yeah, I feel like it. I don't know. I've I've always really liked it. I think it's, um, I think of it as kind of also. It reminds me of um, she was a hotel detective. Okay, like it's because it's kind of it has like a seedy sort of feel to it, right. like a little bit of like underbelly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like which I like I a little bit skeezy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, which which I, I I think of those those two a lot in in the same in the same sort of vibe. There is this quote off of because they actually put out and this is so unlike them a guided tour of factory showroom which was like a giant kind of it wasn't a press release I mean it was a thing that was out there which they usually don't like explaining their songs right but for this one uh, it says and I'm assuming this is Flansburg. Um, since he sings it, this track takes us deeper into the Memphis groove than the band has ever been before. The song is about a slightly sleazy couple with a tenuous relationship to each other and a suspect relationship to the world. So, yeah. Sure. Confirms yeah. that, yeah. It's kind of love it or hate it song where people either love, like the Flans heads, I think, love this song because they love his, you know, Flansburg will bust out that kind of like tender, 
love song now and then. Linnell barely ever does a love song, and if it does, it's like just barely covering this like dark, dark thing under the surface, you know. Where yeah, this one, sure. while it's not about a healthy relationship, it's got that kind of that kind of love song feel. So th- there still is that hidden message underneath. But it sounds it sounds kind of like a love song, it, you know, especially if you weren't fully paying attention to the lyrics, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe some people think it's a little too normal, you know? A little too... It is. It is. Yeah. If you don't look too deep at it, it, it can read... It reads... You know, what? It, it reads more literal, I think, than a lot of their songs do, mm-hmm. like, like lyrically. Right. It, it, it's, it's... There's not this, like, wild analysis of... Which I think most of their songs sort of... Um, don't really benefit from too deep. A di- I mean, it's a fun exercise, but like, I don't think you're going to gain a lot by those, those sort of deep dives. I well, think, you just um, insulted every past guest I ever had. <laughs> no, no, no. That's part I of think the fun. It, I but th- I mean, like we said before, like scoring a song, I guess in terms do- of fun, like getting but, a right answer. <clears throat> oh right? yeah. You'll it, never, like, I, never. This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think I saw an interview. I used to have this like bootleg tape of all the interviews and videos that they've done like a bootleg, like VHS. I have um, that. It was gifted to me. By an Do elder you? fan. Oh my god! Uh-huh. I wish somebody would put that on YouTube. Or he's something. like, I, yeah, he's like, I've, I've watched you so many times. I'd like to pass them on to you. Pass the torch. And I'm uh, like, damn, yeah, that's so it was cool. A, yeah, what 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 interview? interview they, it was a it was one they were doing in the it was right around the flood era. And the person, the interviewee uh, interviewer was like, tell us about um, uh, uh, birdhouse in your soul. It's mm-hmm. such an uh, unusual. Does the birdhouse represent this? Uh, and you know, is that sort of a message? You're, and Linnell said, um, it's a song about a nightlight. Yeah. <laughs> and it might be a pretty nightlight. It's a song about a nightlight. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. I think that's the best you're going to get uh, on that stuff. Um, yeah, I did a no, lot. I, I absolutely do the yeah. uh, do the, the, the thinking too much about uh, about songs. Oh, it's but, great. Uh, yeah, Birdhouse was a, I did a live episode in Chicago for that one and so we oh, cool. so we had a panel. Yeah, I just did the third one. So we did a live episode on Don't Let's Start a year ago, Birdhouse over the summer in Chicago and then uh they'll need a crane just a couple months ago. And um so we had a panel to dive into it and it's just like like we're going over all the little elements and it's fun to like look into Jason and the Argonauts and figure out what all this stuff means and the Longines yeah. Symphonette and how that's a watch company, you know, it's just like very, it's fun to pick apart, but then in the end you're like, so to answer your question, I don't know. <laughs> what, what did, what did we learn here today? Not nothing really, but it was fun. We but had a really, good time, yeah. The, 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 in college the real we used to was have, the friends we made along the way. Right. In college we used to have a, a very long discussions trying to contextualize how uh, fingertips was like a biography of someone's life. Uh-huh. And we would go like step by step and how each fragment mirrored a different segment of a human being's existence on the earth. And like oh. hours upon hours of like, we should be writing this down. This is really smart stuff. First had a fucked this is up good. life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that uh, fingertips was my uh, April fool's joke last year that people, I think they might be giants are just too weird that people didn't, bad an eye at me releasing them all separately every day <laughs> i i ended up clumping the last bit together but me and this dude tom dunford in, in boston we talked for i mean we ended up doing it in two sessions it ended up being a total of like almost close to three hours but i would release there'd be like because I, I, I was thinking like oh the regular release day is wednesday and it's like really you're just going to talk about that one 
fingertip. You're not gonna, like, <laughs> what the fuck? But people are just like, oh yeah, that's cool. And so then every day I released one. So it was like five minute episode, ten minute episode, twenty minute episode, three minute episode. And then I just b- did a huge like forty five minute chunk for the last one. But people, but it, it didn't pay off. So the April Fool's one I did. I mean, people have already heard it was um, from this year. I did a lot easier one, an eleven minute episode interviewing uh, the only drummer I hadn't talked to which was the drum machine. So I found uh, samples of the old drum machines, the, the exact ones that they used, and I asked it questions about I'm Deaf, the song, and uh, it would reply with, da <laughs> I was like, that was a lot easier <laughs> than the fingertips gag. Um, so back to pet name, I think um, one of the coolest things about this I'm looking is that it has a base tab on the uh, wiki, which is often like the wiki has a little stripe of things you can click on. And on pet, ni- pet name, you can't click on chronology because there's no demos. There's no dial a song versions. It's just, you know, studio version. That's it. Uh, no, no live versions officially released either. Um, mm. But often there's not a base tab. And for a band that's had a bunch of awesome bassists, um, that's uh, kind of tragic, but this one, it's got a bass tab, which I think might be the most fun thing to pl- – the most fun – the rhythm section gets to have a lot of fun on this song. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. But when you look at the guitar chords, it's a pretty standard progression. I mean, it's not like a, you know, three-chord, you know, punk song easy, but it's a pretty standard progression, whereas when I was talking about – I did Dinner Bell. I recorded the Dinner Bell episode last night. I couldn't make – hide nor hair of that thing i was like i because it'll say key a major and on dinner bell it said it was an a minor and i looked at it and i know enough about music theory to be like that's not an a minor it ends on a minor but i'm looking at the chords and it has like fucking every chord that has ever existed in that song yeah like i don't know what this is like linnell songs are a nightmare for guitarists to play for the most part (laughs) which makes sense so the songs that flansberg guitarist has written make a lot more sense yeah, I, tr- I was trying to play it today, actually, play Pet Name today. It's like, it's some it's slightly obscure chords. It's not like, you know, classic power chords or anything. But like, sure. you get the fingerings, it's, it's, there's not a lot of them uh, to go around. Yeah, there's there's a lot of sevens, which gives it that kind of funky, yeah, that Memphis yeah. groove. You know, you got, it's a little little crunchy. It's not just all major and standard minor chords. So it it is a cool progression, but it's obviously an A major. Whereas I look at a lot of Linnell songs, and I've corrected the wiki a couple times, because like, Someone keeps moving my chair. I was on it with another uh, a piano player, and I'm like, I got to get to the bottom of this. This is not an F major. Turns out it was an F Phrygian, which is a mode that hasn't really been used widely since like the medieval times, because um, it's the kind of, <laughs> of dork stuff. You know, I went to school for music, and you know, major and minor actually uh, Ionian and Aeolian, and then there's Lydian, Mixolydian, Dorian. There's all these other modes that nobody uses, and it just depends where the half steps are in the scale. So, um, I've, yeah, I, I told John Ulis, I'm not sure if you know, uh, John, he's a big in the fan community and one of the head guys on the wiki. I'm like, I can't seem to edit this. It's not an option. He's like, yeah, we've never labeled a song as a Phrygian. And he's like, I'll, I'll take care of it. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll go in, you know, in the back end and, and fix it. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Uh, so getting to the lyrics then, we've talked about the musical elements quite a bit. How about, um... And I mean, I mean, we've in, in passing talked about it, but so right off the bat, you gave me a pet name, which is not to say I like it, which is it's a lot like the the Yahoo question that uh, we just discussed. Um, yeah, an right. Unwanted pet name. Uh, wh- what do you make of the lyrics here? I mean, uh, was this a big reason why you picked this song? Um, 
No, I mean they're not. I don't dislike. They're very serviceable. Um, I miss. You know, I I I, f- I feel like you can feel the ones, and this is not again not a negative. It's just a, a thing. Uh, but I feel like you can feel the ones that uh, this feels very much like a Flansburg solo, uh, be- because it's a lot. I feel it feels more literal than a, a, a Linnell song would typically be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Linnell wrote all the words. Who knows? <laughs> I have no idea. That occasionally but will I'm happen, guessing. but probably not. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Um, yeah, I like, it's very evocative, you know, I love stuff that songs that, um, and they're great about this where like when they're talking about like more human stories, um, the way they'll drill down on like really small beats and like that, that, I mean, there's a whole verse that, or a whole part of a verse that's, uh, one stanza, I don't know. Sure. Uh, Yeah. You work in a hotel at the magazine concession back in just five minutes reads the sign above your station and it's just like that's not important to the song but it definitely like is important to making it feel like a real tangible you know bring you into the the world of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and the yeah i don't know i was always maybe it's just my filthy teenage mind but i was like that means they're doing it <laughs> <laughs> back in just five minutes, I'm gonna you know duck in the back. <laughs> yeah. And well, what is she, okay? What does she do? Because because you were okay. She works at the magazine session. Mm-hmm. Slip your profits in a bag. You deposit them at the bank, right? You, you, yeah, you're yeah. Gotta take them to the bank at the true. end of the day, right? And it's just all these kind of yeah mundane daily things. Um. You know, unless they did duck out to do it at work, that's that's a little exciting. But this couple, yeah. that's probably not true. This this that pro- that doesn't really track with with the rest of what they're saying here. Um, they don't really seem like the romantic type, and and that's you just forgot your one name, one pet name for me, and all those promises you said you'd keep. So there's a lot of. I mean, it's kind of like this woman is bored. She's got kind of a boring job. It sounds like. I mean, he doesn't play it off as that it's an exciting job, you know, and she's looking up at the yeah. clock, right? You know, if you got a job where you're constantly checking the clock, you know, that's not, you know, might want to find a new job. <laughs> yeah, I think, though, it's also, um, it seems like the verse, the verses are, I mean, this is after a relationship has ended, it feels like, mm. right? I mean, there's a, a lot of the, the beats that aren't in the main chorus are like, I, I, I feel like sort of uh, communicating loneliness, like yeah. um, waiting at the bus stop for just about an hour, strategies for hangman, <laughs> cat's cradle, origami. That's somebody who's like trying to fill time, right? Pre, like, pre-smartphone. Yeah, well, exactly, right? <laughs> that would be hard to be like, your phone, your phone, your phone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you're on your phone and everything's Words fine. Words with friends and... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're texting back and forth these lyrics. Uh but yeah, like it, it feels like a, it almost feels like a guy reflecting on like how his ex-girlfriend is doing. And it's like, mm. she, it's fine. Like, but in a, in a kind of generous way, like, yeah, she's fine. It seems, she seems, I, I'm sure she's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. There, there are lots of mixed messages here. Yeah. The, and the whole kind of like, well, I guess you wouldn't call it a double negative, but the thing you said, love was just a lie, but I could tell that you were lying. So that means, did they fall in love? It's kind of hazy. And then later it has the, you say I'm okay for a guy, but I can tell that you are lying. Does that mean that he's bad or that he's good? She's lying about him being okay. Does that mean that he's worse than okay or better than okay? It's very confusing. 
Yeah, that maybe that's the end. Maybe the first one's the beginning of the relationship, and the second one is like after things have soured. I don't know. Yeah, we've almost figured out how we'll get along. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't. Maybe it's maybe they don't want to break up, right? We'll find it strange to be alone, or now that they have broken up, they miss each other. One of those like the grass is greener kind of thing. You're like, damn it. You it know? is. I mean, we've almost figured out. I mean. It's definitely in the present tense, right? Yeah, like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't use there's not he could have very easily said we we'd almost figured out how we'd get along. Right. But he doesn't. It's like it's the although how we'll get along could be you know uh, separately. Yeah. Right. You know, like it, it, how we'll get along, you know, on our own w- without each other too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's um I mean, I guess, you know, to put, to, not to put the final point on it, I think um, uh-huh. we, I mean, I think we're just kind of stumbling around here in that it's supposed to be confusing, and they might be giants like to confuse people, and it's about yeah. a relationship that's like, uh, I don't know, should I be in this or not? This is uh, sometimes good, sometimes it's bad, I don't know. Um, and and they do kind of like to focus on the mundane a lot, like, and, and Linnell, like, drawing, um uh song ideas from like just the weirdest places like i always talk i always i love this npr interview he did when state songs came out um where he said i'm just so lazy which is like yeah you're lazy dude i'm I'm just so lazy i'm tired of thinking of things to write songs about so i figured there's 50 there's 50 songs right i don't i remember that exact interview like i just for 50 songs i don't have to come up with like the yeah. what it is yeah. and i feel like with, with linnell it's like oh contra coup i heard about this okay i was reading about brain like cranial injuries let's write a song about yeah. that sure where linnell will do stuff like that i mean you got like tesla you got you know stuff it'd be like black ops let's write a song about you know spy type shit um and here i mean i think a lot of it's just like yeah i've never written a song about a pet name you know and then there's just like okay blah, 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 and there, there we go yeah, I mean, if you write this many songs, you'd think like, oh, just like this, the slightest germ of an idea, and then there's a song, you know, <laughs> whether it makes it onto yeah. an album or it's just some obscure B side that I discovered ten years later, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's crazy the stuff you can dig you up. You know, I'll tell you what's interesting. I was just looking because I I uh, the um, the timing of this album, and we were talking about, you know, I mentioned how it feels like you can start to feel the two of them emerging like more separately as like, this is a Linnell song. This is a Flansburg song. I think I feel like more than the, some of the older albums, this album came out the same year as uh monopuff, the first monopuff record mm. unsupervised. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me wonder if those are like, like maybe he got, got kind of used to, you, you know, being, I mean, I've always wondered if unsupervised is a dig. I, I, I don't really I don't know if, <laughs> I, it doesn't make sense. I wouldn't. It doesn't make sense to me. But there's like, I, I feel like it. You could read like, it that like way. Like Linnell right? was supervising him, so he wanted to be unsupervised. I mean, I, I not in a bad way, but like just <laughs> kind of. I'm saying you could draw a line, right? Flans between run wild. the release of the, the first solo album, he gets a taste of just kind of calling all his own shots, uh-huh. and then you start to see that like a little bit more. I, I'm, I'm, I might be again. This well, is like I'm basically writing fan right, fiction yeah, in yeah. my head at this point. I, I, on the other side of the coin, I did find out. Um, I can't remember who told me this. That it was probably John Ulysses again. He knows. He knows everything. That uh, New York City was originally going to be covered by Monopuff, and then. 
they I, was it was it or was it Brian Doherty? He told me where, yeah, it might have been Brian. He was like, well, I'd really like to play that song. So then it became a be giant song, huh? You know, so it went the other way. Um, I will say that these two, like Pet Name and SXXY, um, which which I kind of think of as a pair, like feel like more like similar to Monopuff tracks, yeah. like and and New York City, you know, in a sense where it's like. Uh, it, it feels a little a little more similar to those. Yeah, guitar more like they're, they're songs like that a guitarist would write for a guitar band. Not yeah, like right. one, you're not thinking about the keyboards. You're like you know he'll figure something out. The I mean, Pet Name does have a really good uh, piano part. But the bing 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 ba bing, some really cool stuff in there. Should we hear them play it live from just like a little while ago? Sure. All right. So that first link I gave you there. Um, from Daryl's house. So this was officially the first time they had played it in uh, a decade. And they start out like they start out with the rhythm section there. I mean, they nail the groove. And I love the vibe of Daryl's house. I mean, I've never been, but it looks really cool. Yeah. And this is this is shot by John Ulis, who I've already mentioned a couple of times. <laughs> Capital Q, that's him. Tasty guitar tones on there. He's he's using some extra pedals on his pedal board than uh, than than Shermerhorn was. I think a little like a chorus pedal, which gives that kind of '80s kind of like the Cure kind of watery sound. That's pretty cool. I like that. think about that are you glad they're playing it live again or just like eh? no i think it's great i think it's like i it rocks in a way that a lot of there's like earlier songs don't i feel like it it's one where they can put i feel like there's a lot of their earlier songs where if they push it too hard you start to lose a sense of what the song is right like if it rocks too hard it's like i don't know that doesn't really sound like the same song anymore especially like <laughs> er, earlier stuff that's so precise i guess would be the word right yeah if you push it too much it's like you start to lose a little bit of the vibe of it and i feel like this isn't one of those it feels like a soul record that like you want to hear you know played live yeah and you gotta have a you gotta have a ballad or two in the set you know you can't just oh sure slow down yeah Yeah. you can't just keep clobbering them over and over are you ready for the cover section 
Absolutely. So, yeah, you mentioned The Long Winters uh, before I even sent you any links here. So let's talk about that one first. Were you, um, well, let me draw, I'll drop a clippy in here. You gave me a pet name, which is not to say I like it. We met at a party, not to say I was invited. You said love is just a So this is off the Hello Radio, um, a full compilation tribute, the songs of They Might Be Giants. Were you familiar with The Long Winters before uh, you heard this cover? Yes, I'm a longtime fan of uh, The Long Winters. They have uh, Roderick, John Roderick is a, mm-hmm. is, a, is a friend at this point, but he oh, also yeah? did our, um, he did the theme song for My Brother, My Brother and Me. Okay, uh, okay this totally... <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, like, we we met him through that, but we've hung out a lot. He's a very, very solid dude. Um, great theme song. If you had listened to Long Winters, holy crap. Uh, They're wonderful, wonderful albums. Um, I think there's, like, not, there's not that many. I'm looking at, yeah, three three albums. Um, Yeah, So, since 2006, just put that project to bed or what? Uh, I don't know. He's done a lot of stuff. He ran for, like, city council in Seattle recently. Really? He does a lot of like really varied stuff. He does podcasts. Uh, now he does one with Ken Jennings called Omnibus, uh, which is great. And with Ken Jennings, uh, one about war movies uh, called Friendly Fire. That's cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's a very cool guy, and I think I love his voice. And I think it yeah. really it, he does a great job with with this particular cover. Yeah, you already brought up just like the little twist he does, like taking liberties on a. The vocal melody for a cover of a song you love is almost like counterintuitive. It's like, well, I love this song because of the original melody. Why would I want to change it? But the stuff that he does like totally feels natural and like he creates like a new hook by doing it, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And even changing up if I if I'm reading it right, like even changing up the the uh the drums a bit in the mm-hmm. in the chorus uh like breaking the beat a little bit like slowing it down a bit and yeah bring in like more of the tambourine and stuff it's cool it gives it kind of a um it, it almost feels like more mid-60s like stra- strawberry alarm clock type stuff it's yeah cool. yeah the the bubblegum pop era yeah yeah so it takes away a little bit of that kind of soulful groove and just like straightens it up into that pop that 60s pop room which i which i love i'm a sucker for that stuff and it's it's just a very good well-recorded cover and you know when i do the cover sections i love finding those just like regular fans that are just knocking out a song they love and that's typically what usually populates the cover sections but it's nice to hear just like a really well-recorded like they put yeah. they put time into this i mean it sounds great let's uh let's move on to the next one then so this one here also uh, has the one that, that I've labeled electronic and chill. They also made a little music video to go along with it. If you'd like to comment on yeah. the video and people can go look, it's on, on YouTube. Video Bloggery is the YouTube channel. And uh, Tom Dickinson. You gave me a pet name. 
makes this very Flansburg song feel more Linnell, which is very, very kind of cool. Yeah, like like sucking any sort of um, of the original emotion out of it and making it just very dry. Yeah, more the mundane, and I I, I like the uh, the synthesizer um, that he's bringing into it. And the would those be triplets? Is that the the it's just six. It's sixteenth notes. One e into yeah. two e into three. So it really, cool. even though it's chill, it really pushes it along because it's so. Yeah, the subdivisions are very fast. Raise the sign above your station. Slip your profits in a bag, and now you're looking up to the hour hand. And we've almost figured out how we get along. I love in the music yeah. video the Google searching that's going on. You see that? How yeah. to break up with someone. How to break up with someone extremely harshly. <laughs> <laughs> so they they're kind of trying to figure out the song as it as as we were. Yeah. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, like it's it. Cool. Screw this. Ends up going in the Google search. <laughs> But yeah, it's the you know they're definitely fans, and you could tell even by the style of the video, just like the blank expressions, you know the yeah. the anti rock star moves that that Johns love to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear one with the ladies singing. So the next one we've got uh, acoustic guitar solo, acoustic and um, vocal. Why is this not loading for me? Christia uh, Christia Parent is the YouTube channel. And she says, sometimes you're just chilling with your cats and your hair all no big deal. And you've just got to whip out your crappy guitar skills and play They Might Be Giants cover for the internet. <laughs> and this is from eight years ago. And the kitty is like walking around behind her on the couch. And I love that. <laughs> Gives it a little look. guitar is just yeah. it's very very serviceable i think what i really like about this obviously is her her vocal delivery is is great it's beautiful i the tone of of her voice is very cool it's like almost kind of it has a like almost a woodwind quality like it's almost a little bit reedy in a very like pleasant way though mm-hmm. but that's usually a, a pejorative but i think that it's yeah i don't think so a lot of people describe really the nice. like that too especially linnell that reedy voice I like a lot of singers like that. I love uh, the Mountain Goats are my second favorite sure. band, and uh, I also love the Weaker Thans. I don't know if you know them. They all have that oh, yeah, voice yeah, yeah. where I yeah, love them. where people would be like, "Yeah, I don't like his voice." And you're like, "What are you talking about? That's the best part." Crazy, <laughs> it's insane. You're crazy. It's actually incorrect. <laughs> you're actually wrong. You are wrong. Okay, so let's skip to the Uke one. And actually, let's do the second link because I, I discovered him again as I looked my usual YouTube, SoundCloud, and Bandcamp. On Bandcamp, it's actually a proper recording. 
on YouTube, you can see his, his fine mustache uh, waxing skills. But on the Bandcamp, it does have a little logo of him here. It's Cast in Wax. Cast in Wax from uh, New York. The elm is called Quickie Ukulele Covers Volume 3. So Jordan D. White is the guy's name. Uh, let's, let's check that out. This is some solid uke strumming. you think of as funky but he still no, keeps it pretty but he's funky. pulling it off yeah. getting all the seventh chords and everything like i'm a mediocre ukulele player best but this guy's for real yeah this is very cool he works at marvel comics oh wow yeah what are the, cool. um, you know what i uh one thing we didn't talk about this song musically that i dig very much uh-huh. is the um the fake out on the first chorus, it's very much like this song really builds to that chorus and then it just drops out of it. Like it doesn't, it yeah, doesn't deliver. It does. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the, it goes into another verse before it like, it gives it to you. And it feels like if you've heard the song a bunch of times, you like feel it like, oh, come on. No, okay. Yeah, All right, yeah. I'll wait. Fine. Maybe it's like how this relationship didn't quite deliver. Ooh, <laughs> delicious. Oh. <laughs> so. Now we've come to that very important time in the show where you need to score this song. So out of 10, you may use decimals, uh, and you're comparing it to other They Might Be Giants songs, not against Country Roads by John Denver. (laughs) You know, I'm going to say that it is, I'm going to give it a Mm 7.5. I think it's a very good track. I think it's very serviceable. I think that it the the highs that it hits are very good. It's one that I can return to pretty frequently and not be sick. Like it holds up real well. Yeah. Um. In a way that a lot of the 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 the, the ones from that era don't. I wouldn't say it hits like. For me, the more abstract songs, the the you know, I think it's is it Sarah Val in the documentary that says like. They're saying hap- like sad things in a very happy way. I think like that was those her, yeah. kinds. Of, yeah, I, th- I think those sorts of um, songs I'm always going to gravitate more towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think this is a very good. I think it's a very good song, and it's also like I dig that it for where it falls in their history. I feel like it's them sort of getting a l- little bit more comfortable with less abstract and like mm. being comfortable to deliver one that's a little more straight. Right. Um and I think that that's that's I think that's cool to see. Yeah, yeah, there there's definitely something to say for that cuz they can still pull off. I mean, Flans especially just like these power pop numbers. He just I feel like it was boss of me where he was really like, "Okay, people really like when I just rock the fuck out." And yeah. and this one while it's a ballad, it's just it's like, let's just, you know, the lyrics can be weird, but let's just musically, let's just 
get it real tight in whatever genre we want to do. It doesn't have to be totally bizarre. Yeah. You know, yeah, for you know. sure. Uh, something that people, you know, could hear in the grocery store and be like, oh, this is a pleasant song. But, you know, real fans that listen to the lyrics be like, well, it's not that pleasant. It's pleasant no. to the ear. But the lyrics, it's about unpleasantness. This would be the song that you would play if you're like trying to get a relative. I feel like this would be yeah, a really good entryway yeah. of like for somebody who likes that that genre of music. I feel like this would be a great entry point. It's Definitely. like, uh, so do a lot of their songs sound like this? Like, no, actually, excellent question. <laughs> Maybe six. <laughs> I'll make you a mixtape. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now that I got you. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go uh, with just a flat seven. So I'm gonna go. Okay. Yeah, because I, 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 I mean, we're pretty much totally in agreement on the song. It's not a song I would ever skip. I love. I love singing along to it, but it's not going to jump out to me, you know, and they've so many goddamn songs, you know, it's not going to land in like a best of mix for me. Maybe I'd put it in there if it's like, oh, we got to have a ballad in here. There's too many fast songs. Um, but yeah, very, very solid song. I'm, I would love to see it live. I was supposed to on May 14th. So I guess it's going to be May 13th in Chicago of next year. You're going to bail on it? Well, you should still go. It'll be no, a great show. You'd be it's, sad to miss it. I'll be the only one there getting the virus. No, it's it's already been. <laughs> if they, you're the only one there, you'll be fine. Yeah. If you can convince them to come, stand six feet apart from each other, and you agree to be the only person in attendance, you'll be fine. Whoa! Um, oh, man. oh wait, I want to tell my why. Let me tell the why. Let me tell this wild story from the cruise okay. real quick. Yeah, uh, before we load, because I know uh-huh. we got to wrap up. Uh-huh. Uh, so they do a land concert on the cruise, which is where they park the boat somewhere, right? And mm-hmm. then they get everybody off the boat. Uh-huh. To go do a concert on the land. And then, so with everybody's gear, everybody's stuff on the boat, um, they did a, uh, um, uh, so they, they were supposed to, it was in Puerto Rico two years ago. So uh, they were in San Juan. So they were supposed to do the concert. Uh, they started some of the other bands playing, like them every time they were supposed to close the show. Uh, and the rain got really bad, right? Don't, well, don't want and, that. <laughs> so, so that's no good because we're no. outside. We got a lot of expensive equipment here that's electrical. electrical yeah, you know. Uh, so we don't need that. So, uh, and Flansburg had been on the cruise, and I think maybe Marty or Danny. I don't know. So the, at least one of the other guys from the band was on the cruise as well. But the Linnell and the other cats from the band had just flown in for this. They were not on the cruise, right? Mm. So they had just flown in for to do this show and then fly home from here, right? Yeah. So it, the rain starts and it gets rained out and we're supposed to pull the, the wild thing is we're supposed to pull out uh, to, to go to the next thing in like two hours <laughs> in the span of an hour. Paul, the guy who, who sort of runs the cruise and uh, the giants crew and the giants, like people make a tunnel of umbrellas, like cruise goers <laughs> make a tunnel of umbrellas. Everybody Sprints onto the boat, hauls all their stuff onto the boat, sets up all their equipment in 15 minutes. Whoa. And they have to be off the boat because it is going to literally depart. Uh They are playing against like 
time. And they make an announcement on the boat like, everybody, get in the auditorium now. We're doing this now. Go. Here we go. It's going. Everybody's soaked and miserable. They've been standing around for an hour. And they rip through what would have been probably a 50-minute long set in like 30 minutes. It is wild. You Too many versions of name. everything. Right. Gotcha. Anyway, that's the pet name song the end. Like, move it. Like, ripping through. It was wild. And then they immediately, like, sprint off. Before, no encores, no anything. Like, Linnell and the other guys, like, sprint off the boat. It was one of the wildest shows I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Make a little bird happy. Thank you. Good night. Anyway, that's yeah. the whole bit. Yeah. Man, great. Okay, so before we leave, I do have one little last surprise for you. Uh, I've, well, I've, I've pulled a little bit of r- ruse on you, my good sir. Anonymous on Yahoo Answers was a plant. A big fan of your show, Emma Lou Reed, up in Canada. I said, can you make a question for me to start the show with, Justin, <laughs> on Yahoo Answers? Like, it's got to be something about a pet name. And, and so it, it totally backfired on her because now her wife has started calling her milady <laughs> <laughs> ah, Fantastic. thanks lou yeah and and yeah lou had, was on the careful what you pack episode no that's and she was the first one after you hit me up about being on the pod she was the one that was like oh my god you have to have him on the podcast so uh i figured she was my go-to i'm like well, you, you know the deal with their show you know the yahoo answers thing um I can't really find anything that would make sense. Can you make a question for it? So, uh, so I apologize for that, but I figured that'd yeah, be funny. No worries. Right you know, ease you into it, you know, get you in your comfort zone with the yeah, answers. Yeah, for sure. So th- thanks so much, Justin, for being on. Uh, do you want to drop any other plugs? You gave people the lowdown. Is there anything else? Yeah, our website is McElroy, M-C-E-L-R-O-Y dot family. You can find all our shows uh, there. And normally I'd plug live shows, but... <laughs> So here we are. By our, by, we got a graphic novel. Uh, the third Adventure Zone graphic novels come out in July called, is that one Pedals to the Metal? It is, yes. Nice. That's coming out in July. Uh, you can pre-order that right now and buy the other two. And then Sawbones, there's a Sawbones book too, the Sawbones book. And so the, uh, pr- the printing's already done. Like there's nothing like where you have to worry about the printing presses like going, like stopping production for the Maybe, shit. I just don't ask. Sure, I just okay. don't ask and wait and, <laughs> yeah, and hope I, I for think the they Yeah, I think they would have told you by now. I, mean, I, mean, hope, I don't know. Nobody tells me anything. Fingers crossed. But yeah, just, just pre-order it. Pre-order it. It'll, yeah. it'll get to your house when it gets there. Yeah, it'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so people can hit up This Might Be a Podcast pretty much everywhere. I uh, spend too much time on social media because of this goddamn podcast and bands and such. So Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter is where most of the convos go down. This might be a podcast.com. Email me at this might be a pod at Gmail and leave voicemails 224-801-2930. Justin, thanks again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. And we'll see you back for the captain, right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. All right. Peace out, y'all.